Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast with Craig, Vince, and Scott. How are you fellas doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Good to catch up with you and uh, happy start of summer and uh, and uh, chat on. Nope. No. But the good news is the Brewers currently have the longest winning streak in Major League Baseball at four games. And they have retaken sole possession of first place as of this podcast <laughs> in the NL Central. So that's the good news. Uh, and so we're coming, with, coming at you here on... Uh, June 21st, uh, the afternoon. So the Brewers last night uh, won the first game of a four-game home set against the Cardinals, a, a battle for first place here. So that's the good news. Um, so a couple of other things that have happened since our last podcast. Um, first of all, let's let's start with this one. Let's congratu- congratulate manager Craig Council, who has now become, with the win last week on June 15th against the Mets, I believe, has overtaken Phil Garner as the most the, uh, the most wins in Milwaukee Brewers managerial history. So congratulations to Craig Council. Yeah, that was pretty exciting, guys. And um, well, I think that we all love Brewers history, so it was kind of cool to watch him proceed to this. And you know, if you think about it, Craig Council was the was named the Brewers manager. I think it was May of 2015, maybe late April, taking over for Ron Renicky. And you know, so it took him what seven seasons and 2020 was not much of a season. So um, Phil Garner was, uh, it seemed like it took him a lot longer to reach that amount of wins. And certainly um, Craig Council's winning percentage is quite a bit better as well. So with all due respect to Phil Garner, it was, uh, it's pretty cool to see such sustained success uh, over a, a fairly long amount of time from a Brewers manager, relatively speaking. Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder if, um, you know, 20 years from now, you know how everybody looks back at, you know, that 82 team that unfortunately did not win it all. But like in reality, this is the golden age of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Like this is the longest span of success I think we've ever had. And um, definitely have to give Craig Council a lot of credit for, for being able to, uh, to make that happen. I wish it would have happened about a week earlier, but yeah, what can you do? <laughs> for for the record, Gardner has uh, just got a note from the intern your intern here, Scotty. Uh, Phil Garner has a 477, uh, had a 477 winning percentage as Brewers manager. Craig Council sitting at a 527 uh, win loss percentage. Yeah, I, I, I think would he be... won more brawls though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We did brawl a little bit more in the Garner era. I'm hopeful that that sort of picks up. And, and Scotty, to your point, you never know. Maybe Craig Council, he is young enough. Maybe he'll still be the Brewers manager in 20 years. You just never know. Yeah, I don't see any reason possible. why it wouldn't it's, be. It's nice to find yeah, anyone that wants to, to manage like this franchise for as long as he has. I mean, obviously, like, don't get me wrong, being a baseball manager like is has to be absolutely phenomenal, but it's not exactly something that, um, you know, where longevity is something that you, um, I mean, it's something you aspire towards, but it's pretty rare that you have managers stick with the club as long as council has. And like, it's been a great relationship for both sides. It's worked out really well. 
it, it really has. And when you couple the fact that he was a player and then a front office executive and now a manager and he's from Wisconsin. And um, I know that he lives in Whitefish Bay and he just doubled down and bought a, um, I saw an article from our, our former colleague, Tom Hodgecourt, I think it was, uh, he bought a house in uh, Oconomowoc as well, like a lake home. So he's, he's got two homes now in Wisconsin. So, you know, he's kind of <laughs> doubling down on his connections. I have a feeling that he's pretty confident that his position in the, um, the organization is, is fairly secure. Yeah. Well, unlike our great GM, David Stearns. <laughs> thank you for listening. If you want, um, if you want someone to house at one of those two houses, you can't be in Baltimore at the same time. I'm more than willing to help any way I can. <laughs> well, Scott, that would involve you having to get in the car for a road trip or, or take a flight up. So I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. Please go on. I, was, I just wanted to interject about the other Craig. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my point was is because he's got the Wisconsin roots, it's unlike, you know, like our GM, David Stearns, has got New York roots that we're always concerned with uh, another team pulling him away from us. I feel Craig Council is where he wants to be. I mean, I, I could be wrong because money usually sometimes uh, talks differently. But, I mean, I really think Craig Council is a brewer at heart, so to speak. And because of that, I mean, I think he's going to be with us a long time. And I think he's only like 51 right now. So if you, if you think he's going to manage at least like 15 more years and 90 plus wins per season for each of those 15 years, you're talking, uh, he, I think he'll put this record out of reach. That's my thoughts on it. But I mean, he's obviously a player's manager, but he's also great at all, all the other aspects that, and the duties a manager, a baseball manager has, I feel. And his experience where he's got uh, as a player, winning as a world champion with all the Marlins and Diamondbacks. I, I really think that all that experience that he has and he brings back to Milwaukee as a brewer um, will help us. And I, I feel like he, you know, when the Brewers do reach a World Series, he will he will be the, at the helm um, and, and it'll, it'll be hopefully sometime soon. So um, yeah, definitely like that, congratulations. Craig. Good thought. Yeah, congratulations to Craig. Um, moving on to um the next topic we're going to talk about is uh, kind of shockingly um I, I know that just looking back at that day uh four or five years ago i think it was when the brewers signed both christian yelich uh or i'm mean, gonna say traded for christian yelich and signed lorenzo crane's free agent on the same day um it's not seeming as awesome as it did back on the actual day because um in spite of yelich's mvp and half or whatever um Lorenzo Cain has stayed, you know, has been a great contributor to the team. But unfortunately, now he has been released after just a pretty abysmal season at the plate. He's been released by the Brewers, completely DFA'd. Um, and uh, the Brewers brought up Johnny Davis, uh, who's a 30 year old himself, a German outfielder and not an impact player necessarily um, for minor leagues to take his roster spot. And um, I was a little shocked. I should say beyond shocked by this move, but. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on uh, on whether or not you you what first of all your reaction to the move and whether or not you agreed with it? Like I suppose maybe Scott, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. I think um, I don't know. I mean, after um, Jackie Bradley Jr. season last year, I thought that uh, Kane might have a little bit more of a longer leash, um, so to speak. But it, it obviously it sounds like it's sort of like a mutual breakup kind of thing. Um, I it's weird to happen in season like that. And I, I think I was just talking a couple podcasts ago about how 
you know, despite maybe not having the offensive numbers that we want, obviously, um, he still plays a good defense in center field. And that is some value. And not only that, but like he's, uh, you would think anyway that he's a very positive leader in the clubhouse. And we don't necessarily have a lot of leadership on this team. I, I mean, obviously that's very subjective. I'm not in the clubhouse, but um, I don't know who I would point to and say, hey, this is the guy who's leading the clubhouse right now. I, I think if I had to do that, Kane would would be in my top three for that. So uh, it was a little surprising, but um, I guess I'm glad that it situations like that can end a little bit rough. And it, it seems like this was pretty amicable for both sides. And um, I wish him well. Vance? Yeah, I think I to, to answer your question, Craig, yes, I was a bit surprised. Um, certainly we all knew that Lorenzo wasn't playing very well uh, this season. I, I guess that I was surprised from the team's perspective uh, a bit more than Lorenzo's perspective, because, you know, we should point out that this sounded like it, it was a somewhat at least mutual decision and that both sides kind of came to uh, an understanding about um, the decision that was going to be made. But I was a bit surprised that the team didn't at least look at using Lorenzo maybe a little bit more off the bench. I still think that he had a ton of value as a uh, defensive outfielder. I still think that he had value off the bench. I still think that he had value with his presence in the clubhouse, as you alluded to, Scott. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think for, for, for those reasons alone, um, I think it was a bit of a surprise. And if this was a couple of years ago when the rosters were still at 25, it would have made a little bit more sense to me, but you know, we've got 26 guys on our roster now and some months we've got 28 guys on the team. And I, I, so I tend to think, yeah, this is, you know, a little bit surprising um, from Lorenzo's perspective, I guess I'm not quite as shocked. And I think that we mentioned it on our previous podcast or one of our previous podcasts, but he had made some comments just about how lost he was at the plate and how he didn't feel like he was contributing. And he just sounded incredibly down about his performance. And I understand that from a human level, but I also think that it's not the attitude that you necessarily want to hear coming from a guy that you're relying on either. Um, and he wasn't making excuses. He wasn't saying, in fact, he was doing the opposite. He was just taking ownership of a bad situation. But I think that um, I could, I could almost read his frustration in the quotes. And if that's kind of what led him to maybe, and we were speculating because we didn't use our press passes last week, but if we're kind of, maybe Lorenzo even approached the Brewers and just said, Hey, I, I, I'm wanting to be done and I'm not feeling it this year. We don't really know how that, uh, how that actually transpired, but uh, you know, just looking at that quote, it, it now makes this news a little bit less surprising to me, but yeah, overall a tough day for the Brewers. Um, just from an emotional level, I, I, I certainly value and respect Lorenzo Cain for all that he did for the organization and uh, for contributing to, uh, you know, really three playoff teams. And I, you could argue a fourth in 2020, even though he was only there for a little bit of the season, but um, and, you know, again, on a personal note, just to end this, I, I even remember with you guys going up to Appleton and seeing him when he was there. And I think that he was on rehab. He was, you know, one of the prospects at the time he was coaching first base. Craig, do you remember that night? Yeah, I do uh, remember. Up, uh, in Appleton years ago. And, you know, it, it's just, you think about all the years that he spent with the organization and when we traded him, uh, we got that cranky back and that created all these other memories. So, Lorenzo really had a, a very strong, positive impact in several different ways in our team. So I, I, I'm very thankful for him. 
Yeah, and, and going back to that night in Appleton, I mean, he just even coaching first base of the game, I, I, you, you could tell that the fans that we were sitting around and whatnot or that are in the stands at night had he was uh, one of their fan favorites and there's something endearing about Lorenzo and his infectious, uh, infectious style of play and just kind of wearing the love for the game on his sleeve, so to speak, and taking it out there, um, which to me makes this kind of surprising. And I kind of agree that Vince's speculation that Lorenzo might have had a hand in actually this uh, is possibly true. It's pure speculation, but I kind of feel the same way because of his comments from a few, few weeks ago. I think what had happened is the, him and the Brewers probably talked on the side about, okay, well, um, there's a possibility we may release you if you don't turn around here at the play a little bit at some point this season, but we want to stick with you, whatever. And Lorenzo might have been like, well, I, you know, again, this is pure speculation, but he's like, he does have a young family. He has already been a World Series winner. He's had a nice 10 year career. And I think he was just like, well, if this is then a line for me, I mean, it's something I can accept that I want to bring the team down, whatever. And um, it is, I'm ready to step away, but can you do me the favor and wait a couple of weeks so I hit the, or maybe the Brewers are the ones that offer that. Well, how about you wait till I hit my actual 10-year service date, which is what when the release date happened. I think that has some positive ramifications with the players union and his uh, after player life benefits and whatnot. Um, and so I think that that could have just been, a, it seems like it was a mutual agreement potentially. And that's why I don't think the Brewers are, or Lorenzo were necessarily shocked when that, when the actual thing, when it actually happened. Uh, that's all pure speculation, but to me, something like that probably played out because if it was just from a baseball mode perspective, if Lorenzo did want to stay on and the Brewers were willing, I think the Brewers should have been willing to give him a little bit longer leash. Like Scott mentioned, Jackie Bradley Jr. last year. This is a guy that came out through your organization, um, has obviously been a huge free agent signing when he, when he came on and has been a part of four consecutive playoff teams and all that. Um, but I mean, he is past 35, his body's starting to break down. His um, offensive game is obviously on the steep decline, um, is, but he does have value defensively and would have been a fine bat off the bench, if not anything to mentor young guys like Tyrone Taylor in center field. But I mean, it is what it is. And, and, and uh, I mean, it would have been one thing if we had someone at AAA knocking on the door or even Taylor that is like, Hey, I need my playing time or, or even I need your roster spot. I, I don't feel we did bring up Johnny Davis uh, in a corresponding move. Who's a, a outfielder who can play center formerly of the blue Jays, but he's a 30 year old kind of dream and prospect. I don't think really merited that type of a move. So I really do think that uh, our speculation is most likely close to the truth. Um, and it is what it is, but I mean, wish Lorenzo nothing but the best in his post-baseball career, or even if he decides to sign with another team, I, you know, that's always an option, but I, for some reason, I have a feeling he's not going to be, and he, I think he's at least done for this year, whether or not he re revisits where he wants after this season. I, I mean, I don't think he'll draw much trade interest, but again, to bring in a veteran that plays good center field defense is always a value, even at his age, so who knows what the future holds for Lorenzo, but I do appreciate his time as Milwaukee Brewer, and really makes me sad that I feel like the Brewers, you know, could have had an opportunity to go deep, deeper into the playoffs last year with Lorenzo on the team. And it really just makes me more sad about the fact that that didn't happen, but it is what it is. We move on. So, uh, you know, and, and 2019 as well. I mean, geez, that, that year, I thought that the team was so stacked and, uh, yeah. 2018 too. I mean, all the years that Lorenzo was here, we made the playoffs, um, you know, just, so I hopefully that tradition can, does continue this year as well. But yeah, I, I hear your point, Craig. Absolutely. So, all right, well, good, best of luck to you, Lorenzo, moving forward and uh, also be Johnny Davis as you're now on the team. So anyway, um, 
Another kind of move that happened, I think, the same day or day after was the Brewers also DFA'd uh, former top five overall pick, Corey Ray, uh, which is unfortunately, I mean, obviously we're holding on hope that he would at least have, if not a nice Brewer career, but at least has some form of trade value uh, over the last couple of years, but that never materialized and just a sad, maybe hey, I'll catch Craig, on with someone Craig, just else. A, just, 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 no, just a quick correction. He's still in the organization. Breaking he's updated. him off the roster. Yeah. He, okay, he so they DFA and he so accepted no one claimed him then. No one claimed him, so he doesn't yeah. have much trade value apparently since they could have had him for nothing, but he is still with Nashville and um the he's he's passed through the, the claim time, so he is reassigned to, to okay. Nashville, but he's off the forty man roster. So yeah, it's one of those things where no other team wanted him and, and, and that that kind of shows yes. that kind of shows value, but the same yeah, thing happened very, to Hunter Renfro when he was on the uh raised during the pandemic was hitting like 150 and they DFA'd him and no team claimed him with his salary. So, I mean, something like that could happen. Same with uh, Jay's. Yes. With, Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt. With the Tampa Rays. So, um, what what can you do? So, we'll, we'll same, see. Same with uh, Jace Peterson as well. Same yeah. with Jace Peterson as well. Yep, absolutely. Okay, well, last topic for today. Um, fortunately, a couple of injuries. I want to comment on it, I guess, in Aaron Ashby just went on the IL, fortunately, after having some issues with the bullpen uh, session, I guess, this past Sunday, June 19th. So, fortunately, he's out of commission, which we, we then brought into the organization, Chichi Gonzalez, who is a free agent. Um, he'll be making his Brewer debut tonight, I believe, against Cardinals. Um, so, there's that injury to deal with. And also Woodruff, who claims that he could be back sh- shortly. I'm not sure. I guess I'll just throw it out there for discussion. Which one of these injuries concerns you the most uh, out of these two players that are going to miss, have already been missing a little bit of time and might miss a little bit of time coming forward? And I think there's some fear that, you know, some of these could turn into long-term issues. But what, what are your overall thoughts on both Ashby and Woodruff issue from this point forward? Uh I think Woodruff's injury is the more serious. Uh, that's just because it's not a physical injury in the sense that it's a baseball injury. It's a it's a it's a condition. It's an actual medical condition, uh, the Raynaud's syndrome. So, you know, I I know people who have Raynaud's in my family, and it's you know you lose grip on things. It's um, you know it's kind of a kind of a tough condition. It's not going to kill you, but it's also one of those things that it, it, you'd lose a real sense of feeling apparently when you're it's at the edge of your fingertips, you can't really grip the baseball. You're on some medication, which is a little harsh actually on your system. So there's some side effects that can occur. So it's one of those things that um, just, it, there's a lot of unknowns for anyone, let alone a professional athlete. And that's especially one that has to use his fingers a lot, you know, in terms of uh, gripping a baseball. So and I apologize about the noise. I mean, I'm on a beach in Florida right now, guys, sorry. But um that that's my take is that Woodruff is a little bit more uh, more serious or concerning, and I will say that I, I feel a little bit better about it than I do did a couple of weeks ago. Um, I know he's going to be making a start uh, in Appleton uh, this week, so that's that's good news. But um, you know, I think a few weeks ago they just kind of announced he had a condition, and that doctors weren't really sure if it was going to take surgery to repair or uh, something of that nature. So at least we're not seeing that, but yeah, I just think given the unknowns out of the, out of Ashby and Woodruff, that's the one I'm I'm most concerned about. Yeah, it's it's rough. I mean, the Woodruff one is scary because I mean I I 
I don't even want to say it, I guess, but it is sort of the elephant in the room. Like, um, if, if you can't feel a baseball and you can't, and you don't get that feeling back, like that's, that's a career ender. I mean, that's devastating. And I mean, let's face it, like as far as major league pitchers, probably top five of things that you actually need, you know, where, where this disease would be the, or the most debilitating. I mean, other than like, yep. I don't know, surgeon bomb diffuser. Like, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's, there's very few <laughs> and, and the major league baseball one probably pays the most. So, um, it's, it's very, uh, it's very scary. Um, Ashby, at least, you know, it's, you know, that it's recoverable. So yeah, they're both pretty devastating injuries and to happen concurrently like this obviously is not particularly helpful, but yeah, not good. Just hoping that they can both uh, hopefully get back out there soon. Yeah. I I will say too on a really quick, quick note, Scotty, that I think it's worth mentioning how, how adequately at least Jason Alexander has kind of stepped up to his role uh, in the rotation. But yeah, definitely props to Jason Alexander, who again I didn't expect much of. And since going in, I'm actually not expecting much of Chichi Gonzalez. So I'm really hoping he surprises me in a similar manner going forward because he has not shown that he's necessarily a quality MLB starting pitcher uh, in any way, shape, or form anytime recently. So um yeah, but yeah, Greg, you said that about Jordan Lyles and Wade Wade Miley, and yeah, that's why I'm uh, hoping Chichi's on that same <laughs> that same wavelength of of the Brewers. Fred Anderson, yeah, and, but he's like a couple. Fred Anderson's like a tier yeah. higher, obviously. Oh, yeah, Brett Anderson, amazing pitcher, always. <laughs> so yeah, obviously, I I think, I mean, the the bottom line as a Brewer fan, you have to accept the fact that with Peralta, Woodruff, and Ashby insert a back into our rotation. I feel even with our less than stellar offense, uh, and that's being nice, um, we're still the best team in the NL Central, but with those guys all on the shelf, or we're probably not a better team than the St. Louis Cardinals at full health too, who just got uh, Jack Flaherty back. So, I mean, it's just the bottom line. So we need to get those guys healthy before the end of the season. And they need to contribute on the stretch and through the rest of the season. Um, so it is what it is. So, all right. So coming up the rest of this week, obviously we mentioned that uh, we usually, are, you know, we're taping this on Tuesday rather than a Sunday. The Brewers already won the first game of the week against the Cardinals. It's a huge, huge uh, welcome back, Josh Hader. And also congratulations for having um, a healthy baby boy. Uh, I know his wife was experiencing some uh, pregnancy complications, but I did read online that, that he that was born a, as a healthy baby boy. So congratulations to the new father, Josh Hader. And he came back and saved after a seven game absence or something like that. I think he came back and saved a huge game against the Cardinals last night. Um, Corbin Burns with the win. So rest of the week, we got three more home games against the Cardinals and three against the Blue Jays. What are your guys' predictions for the final six games of this homestand? of the week um i will say four and two that sounds awesome scott um i'm gonna say three and three i thought a four and three homestand would be um a win and i i mean pretty tough competition cardinals and blue jays man they're pretty Pretty solid team, but uh, yeah, 
four and three. So three and three the rest of the way. Yeah, I think I have to go with Scott. I think we'll take two of th two of the last three against Cardinals and one of three against the Blue Jays this weekend. But I hope I'm wrong and Vince is right. So let's hope for the best. And um, yeah, I appreciate all you uh, listeners tuning in to our podcast. Coming up in a couple of weeks, we'll have a draft preview for you guys. Coming up next week, we'll have a Rapid 9 episode, hopefully, and uh, some more up-to-the-last-minute Brewer news. Hopefully this team can get help. Craig, did you say that uh, in a couple of weeks? Did, did you see that our, our next episode that our anonymous to source, Tom Carter, is going to actually join us? Is that what I heard? TC? He said he yeah, would do it only if we didn't Carter. reveal his full Tom name. But, uh, T. Carter. We could call well, we didn't, him. We didn't, say, we, didn't say Thomas, we didn't say Thomas John Carter, Craig. That's what well, you did now. Technically, that was his fault. Yeah. Dang it. How many times, if he Just was on TJ. the episode, how many times do you think we would accidentally reveal his secret identity? Five, six? What's the over under on that? Have we done it? A couple hundred. Have we done it before? I mean, I, I feel like yeah. we've kept the secret for, but I feel like we've kept the secret since 2004 when our, our show first started. I mean, it's amazing. Well, just now. We kind of revealed it, and then I think I think there was another incident or two in the past as well where we may have accidentally given away his full identity. But huh, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we edited it out. Out it. Oh, yeah, I feel like our I feel like our intern helps with the editing with that. Just, just when Tom asks us, say our interns were dropped the ball, man, we'll, and we'll go ahead and fire them. That'll be fine. I'm sure they'll accept that. So hopefully, it can be on next episode. As long, as we'll have we'll have Chad Collins back on at some point. Mark Antonio's it, Ant, uh, Mark Antonio, Mark Antoniak, whole bunch of guests going forward. Possibly, um, yeah, whole bunch of guys in, in the next, especially coming up this winter. But in the meantime, we're gonna follow this team as we ride through the rest of the season. Hopefully reclaiming first place in the NL Central, and then we'll sort it all out and get healthy by the time it's playoff time. So we'll, we shall see. But we really appreciate you guys tuning in. So remember to stay classy, Wisconsin, and go Brewers. Stay classy, guys. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. Do, 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 do.